Welcome to Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz fall to Steph Curry in the Golden State Warriors 129-118. Headline, and this one's going to be a lot about Steph and what he did and the Warriors igniting and looking like a bit of the world champs again. We'll also discuss Jordan Clarkson's double-double, Lowry Markkinen's performance, and the Jazz lack of transition defense and some weird, weird moments when they left Steph Curry wide open. It's all coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone. Thanks very much for tuning in, Ron. Jazz fans, uh, as all fan bases, and, and this is fine, are uh, team-centric about themselves and their own players, and they always talk about how they lost the game and what's wrong with us and what, what's going on. And this, To me, this game is about the Warriors, who are now 9-1 and one at home, and they look like a championship-caliber team, particularly in the first quarter, where they just came out, blitzed the Jazz with 37 points, the Jazz worked their way back very impressively, and then the Warriors just blitzed them again. Yeah, took a one-point lead, and all of a sudden they, they just started to play Warrior basketball and, and, as you mentioned, blitzed them to the point where uh, the Jazz had no answer after that point. Uh, we heard so much at the beginning of the year about how fun the Jazz are to watch, and that was the um, you know, that was the talk of the league. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. And, and if I had to pick a team in the NBA that was fun to watch, it would definitely be the Golden State Warriors. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, their, their style of play and then the players that they have to fit this system. You know, they've done it. It was interesting so much of the pregame talk with everyone was about, at this point with Steph, like, what do you, and the Jazz did a fine job on him tonight. Like, Steph just was Steph. He just had 33. He averages 32. He's 13 at 23, shooting 50, 40, 90 on the season. That's kind of exactly what he did tonight. Um, he had five turnovers. I actually am not sure the Jazz um, aren't are displeased with the way they guarded Steph. I just think yeah. Steph's that great. What's so interesting about this at this point in his career with the eight All-Star games and everything else, there's nothing you can throw at him he hasn't seen. There's nothing Draymond, Clay, and Steph have not seen already in their lives that you can throw at them or do. And they get the ball to Draymond, and they just start splitting and running and spinning, and everyone's coming, and... You can try to defend it all you want, but they have the answer to everything you throw at them at this point. It's a 24-second clock. By the time most teams get the ball over the, the, the midcourt line, you know, just say hypothetically 16 seconds. Now you've got 16 seconds to chase and chase and run off screens, and, and you're running off screens off of great shooters. That makes a, a team with such great shooters and with a system very hard to defend, especially when you you know you got Thompson, Curry, Curry, and then Poole when he's on, and, and Wiggins that can flat out shoot the basketball. Uh, you can score on this team though, and 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 they just outscored the Jazz tonight. The Jazz have to definitely, if they're going to be a contender in this league and, and really fight for that plan or a position in the playoffs, the defenses have to get get a lot better. So one thing that happened tonight I thought was really interesting was the Warriors came out with just a deluge oh, of transition and speed and movement and action and 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 it sped the jazz up unnaturally like jazz want to play fast but i thought their three looks might maybe they'll statistically go down as being good but i didn't think they were good they felt out of rhythm and rushed and the jazz started the night two of 15 from three they were four of 26 they actually hit two in a row at one point uh they're four of 26 at the half and, and that's really the difference in this game is the Jazz shoot 24% from three and the Warriors shoot 44% from three. We can look at all sorts of other things, but that's, frankly, you know, the Warriors make 23s and the Jazz make 11. That's nine times three. We can do this math together, 27 points. Um, so I, I really think that, but I thought that the Warriors' offense sped the Jazz offense up into bad shots. That's a great way of putting it, and I, and I would totally agree with you because if you think about there are some players in this league that the league would like that the Jazz would like to speed up. Lucas is one of them, and you can't do it. 
but it did happen with, with with the Jazz to the point where they only had four three point shots made in that first quarter. What was it? Four for twenty. Four for twenty six. Four first for twenty six, and and you know that hasn't happened all all season long because the Jazz have been uh, at their pace and they've been able to knock down threes. Atlantic was is continues to have a, a very good year. Boy, the third quarter he had incidentally, but uh, that's what the Warriors do. You know, I think they'll eventually get it together to the point where they'll be at the top of the division. So. Transition defense. In the first quarter, the Warriors, who came out and they initiated this, had 29% of their possessions in transition. By the end of three quarters, the Jazz had done a really nice job and had it down to 21. And by the end of the game, the Jazz had held the Warriors to 17% of their possessions in transition, which is like right on their average. So it was really in the first quarter of this game where the Jazz transition defense was the problem. Because otherwise, to the credit of the Utah Jazz... They actually got better and better and better as the night went on at dealing with what the Warriors were throwing at them. Yeah, 16 for 28 in that first quarter as far as <clears throat> buckets that they were able to make and then, you know, threw into threes that they were, they were shooting there as well. And, again, they just threw a punch at the Jazz and the Jazz was, couldn't counter. You know, and, and um, they in, in, even had, what, 20 turnovers? Which is a twenty-one turnovers, and and, the, I mean, and they gave up twenty-two points off the turnover. That kind of kept the Jazz in it, it, or gave them a chance to come back. Well, Will Hardy said in pregame when we asked him what were the statistics that he liked about the team that they're fourth offensively. What was the area they wanted some improvement? He's like, "Hey, our, our turnovers have really slipped. That's that's what we did. That's 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 how we were beating teams earlier this year. We need that aggression to turn up." I think he's going to be very pleased with the twenty-one turnovers the Jazz forced. The one other area where the Jazz really. It's a problem is that Kayvon Looney had seven offensive rebounds. Andrew Wiggins had five. And the Jazz gave up an incredible 27 second-chance points on those 16 offensive rebounds. The Warriors shot 10 of 14 on second-chance opportunities. That That's a real issue for this team. They're 27th in the league in defensive rebounding. Will talked about it the other night. that They don't have an individual that's a 15-rebound guy night, so it has to be a collective effort. But the collective effort is not getting it done on the defensive glass. And word is out on this. Teams are crashing. Teams that are not offensive rebounding teams, like the Warriors, 23rd in the league in offensive rebounding, are crashing against us because they know we can't rebound. Crashing and then running. How many times did they leak out and got some high percentage shots, even after some made shots there as well? So do um, you look at what the Jazz did offensively? And, you know, the transition defense is definitely a problem. But against this team, the half-court defense, was they struggle with that as well. The uh, So the areas of struggle for the Jazz tonight were really the Warriors are great. And then if you want to isolate it to the Jazz, what we're talking about is transition defense happened a bunch of times. And off makes, Ron, it's really weird how much they're missing that's off the point, makes. Yeah. The, the, uh, and and that is a big concern. And then players shooting. Um, Malik Beasley takes a couple of shots. And Wiggins leaks. And, he, and Beasley has no help from, you know, because, and, and they push the ball to the head and Wiggins gets a couple of layups because of that. I mean, that's just things that, that, that they do, that they, that they can score and, and, and take advantage of, and they're just very good at it. You know, Wiggins was smart enough that Beasley takes a three-point shot and automatically, it's not Beasley's fault, but he takes a, a shot and Wiggins leaks, gets a layup. The other one's interesting. The Warriors, tax you in every possible way they can, right? In, in every single possible way they tax you. And so we saw these weird plays tonight in which the Jazz left Steph Curry wide open. Yeah. And I think it's, it's 
what it is is how little these guys have played together. Right? Like, I think that's actually the interesting piece of this, is how little these guys have actually played together. So here, when they suddenly have an opponent that's taxing them the way that they did, we saw these weird things happen, such as Steph Curry being left open on switches. Okay. I I totally agree with all of that, but just think about this, David. The Warriors have a system where they're constantly moving. The Jazz have a system where they're constantly moving. So you don't get a chance to sit around and you know, some teams where they isolate mm-hmm. guys and the defense gets set. I mean, you constantly have to be thinking defense um, and think of your defensive plan, you know, that type of thing. And, and when and when you screw up like you did, two guys didn't communicate, two of the other Jazz players run to one guy and leave Steph Curry. When you would think, no way you should be leaving Steph Curry to, you know, to, with an open shot, but it happened a few times. But that's because there's this constant movement. They're always doing something, and and you get screwed up sometimes, and that's what happens. Really, actually, thought the Jazz were fine tonight. I mean, they got beat by a better team, which nine and one at home. Correct. I thought the Jazz actually played really, really well. Time for uh, worth noting: Jordan Clarkson had ten assists tonight. Worth noting: Jared Vanderbilt had ten rebounds tonight. Uh, the starters actually put together a pretty good night of work. The bench did not. The bench struggled offensively. I think they finished the night. Quick math, 10 of 20, 32. 10 of 32 and 2 of 17 from 3. So not great work from the bench tonight for the Jazz. Um, who are your two stars, Ron Boone? Well, I, I think definitely, David, if you're going to give it to one, I'm, I'm going to give the Jazz to me to come back in that third period because of Kelly. Yes. And I really like you know that. Um, Jordan Clarkson's 10 assists, even though they had 17 assists between Sexton and, and Jordan Clarkson uh, tonight, which is awfully good. But I'm going to give it to Kelly Olenek and probably Clarkson. By the way, the Warriors had yeah. 33 assists tonight. That's the sixth time in seven games they have had 30 assists. Clarkson ends up with 20 point, 21 points for the fifth straight game. That's the second time he's done that in his career. And 10 assists and four rebounds, only three turnovers. He does go 0 of 7 from three. But the fact that Jordan adjusted his game throughout the night, had 21 points and 10 assists on a night where he's not hitting threes, means that I think he deserves that second star as well. All right, that is the wrap tonight. Kelly Olenek. Oh, actually, Matt Law says that we should have voted for Will Hardy because he tried a bunch of different things and. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, by the way, deserves a reference tonight in this Yes, before. absolutely. Um, I meant to actually mention that earlier. Nikhil Alexander-Walker tonight played his highest minute total of the year of 30 minutes. He played, had eight points, five rebounds, six assists, three steals, and a block. He could almost get a star if it wasn't for the two of 11 shooting. Yeah. All right. That wraps us up. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be with you tomorrow.